So as much as I talk about the healing and like the trauma and the unmetabolized grief and all of these things, there's so many blessings. Like you're like, oh shit, I always wanted to do weaving and I didn't realize it's this deep ancestral thing that I need to put my hands on the goddamn yarn. You know, like that's a beautiful thing to know that you belong in that way. And there's so many other gifts that come through when you connect to your people. This is your Kick-Ass Live podcast, episode number 361 with guest Ash Johns. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, Ask Kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. As always, I am so glad that you are here. It's November, and we are sort of staring down the barrel of this year. Man, this year has kicked our asses, hasn't it? I think it varies depending on what's going on in your life. Some of you are parents. Some of you have been furloughed or lost your jobs, or that happened to your partner. It just, it's one of those things I think that has really asked a lot of us in so many different ways, whether that's taking care of yourself, taking care of other people. For some people, it has really forced themselves to kind of look in the mirror at their own stuff, brought up, <laughs> brought up some things. And I am just thinking of you. I'm thinking of all of you on the other end of this show. I know some of you are working out. Some of you are cleaning your kitchen. Some of you are driving. You're in the shower. Whatever it is that you're doing, I'm just so incredibly grateful. And I just want to acknowledge that you're taking the time to work on yourself and your personal growth. Not everyone does this. Not everyone takes responsibility and accountability for their one precious life. So I wanted to applaud you for doing that, even in 2020, as so many people are struggling. A couple of things I want to mention. Thank you to those of you who have filled out the survey. I am blown away by your responses and so grateful for this information. It's important that I know what's going on over there, know what you think of the show, what you want more of, so that I can do this for you. Because I am really not doing this to listen to myself talk. I am doing it for you. So if you haven't filled out the survey yet, it's super short. Yourkickasslife.com slash survey. It is going to be open until November 11th. And we're going to compile all the answers, have a team meeting, and figure out how we can serve you best. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Yourkickasslife.com slash survey. And so I'm recording this on, I don't know what day it is. <laughs> I think it's October 27th. And I am going to turn in my manuscript on Monday. That is November the 2nd. It's finally done. It's clocking in at 82,000 words, which blows me away. Because let me tell you this real quick. My very first book, 52 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life, they wanted 45,000 words. And I was like, oh my gosh, that seems like so much. And I did it. When I signed my second contract for How to Stop Feeling Like Shit, they wanted 60,000 words. I was like, what? That's too much. I can't do it. And I did. And then with this contract, they asked for 70,000 words. And I was like, okay, I've done 60,000 words. I can do 70,000 words. And I ended up with 82,000. I share that with you because 
you know, watch yourself. When, when you hear something that someone wants you to do or you make a goal and you're like, that seems impossible, it truly is cliche, but it is like looking up at Mount Everest and going, how in the world am I going to climb this thing? And the truth is, is you're going to climb it one step at a time. People ask me, how did you write, you know, now three books? How did you, how did you manage to put together 82,000 words? One word at a time. Honestly, like that is, that is how I do it. And if I kept thinking that I needed to write 82,000 words, I would get too overwhelmed and I, it would shut down my creativity. Also, you know, this book is, um, it just, I mean, they all ask something different of me. This one, I've taken a bit of a left turn and I might lose some of you. I, I really might. And um, those of you who are on board with me, I thank you for sticking around. I mean, it's not like shocking, like, no, <laughs> but it's it's really about the things I've been talking about the last few years about our culture and how women are brought up in this culture to feel fundamentally insecure and that we're not enough. And men have their own issues. They do. The culture is hard on them as well. It just looks different. We all drank the same Kool-Aid and, you know, we're forced to play the same game. It just looks different. And I have had enough. Like I couldn't write another self-help book without talking about this elephant in the room. The last time I was super clear, I sent out an email about where I stand on all of this and what my focus is going to be. And I had over 600 unsubscribes within a handful of days. And I was like, great. That means that those people who disagree with me Find someone else in personal development that is – I don't know anybody. <laughs> I can't refer you to anyone who's on a completely different page that, that I'm on. But good luck. Like I truly, truly wish those people the best. And that leaves more room for those of you who are sticking around who want to learn more about how you can – push back against the culture that raised us as well as learn to thrive in it and learn to talk to your friends and coworkers and family about what it means for you to make some noise in your life, what it means for you to speak your truth, what it means for you to completely own your strengths and just really unlearn a lot of what we've been taught. And that's what that's Bottom line, what the book is about, I get really fired up and then I all of a sudden it'll be like 25 minutes and I've spent the entire podcast episode talking about it when I was only supposed to record the intro. But I, I just, I'm excited about it. I'm truly, truly excited about it. Also, now that I'm turned in my manuscript, I have more time on my hands. So I do have room for one private client. I wanted to say too, I had, I just took someone on and we had our amazing consultation and I was like, you know what? I think that the daring way sounds perfect for you. And so that's what this person has, has come on to do. And it's something that I don't talk about a whole lot, but I am still certified to facilitate the daring way, which is the methodology, methodology, excuse me, um, of Brene Brown's work, which they're no longer certifying coaches, therapists, and social workers. So I got really lucky that I was able to be certified in the work. So it's on shame resilience. And at the end of the day, it is about building confidence. It's about building resilience. And it's about really looking inside of yourself at the things that are holding you back 
And many times my clients work in tandem with their therapist because sometimes some big stuff comes up. Shame work is trauma work. That's what Brene tells us. So it's no joke, but I don't tell you that to scare you. I tell you that because that particular work is deep and transformational. I also offer what I call open sessions, and that's where you just bring your primary focus, you bring your topic, and we get it handled. So you can just shoot us an email, support at yourkickasslife.com, or head over to yourkickasslife.com slash coaching. You can fill out an application over there, or you can just email my team, and Emily will shoot you an application, and we can see what is right for you. All right, y'all. That was a bit of a long intro. Thanks for sticking with me. I'm excited about today's guest because it's it's sort of serendipitous. I have been really curious about ancestry, our ancestors and ancestral healing. And I asked the universe, I was like, you know what? I would love to have someone on who talks about this specifically because I don't know anything about it. And, and I love that the universe just shows up. I've, I've wanted to bring you, I mean, that's why I asked about the survey. I want to bring you interesting aspects of personal development. I had Britt Frank on a few weeks ago, which so many of you emailed me saying thank you for that episode around uh, healing from narcissistic partners. And this is another very special specific topic. So my guest today is Ash Johns. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Ash Johns is a spiritual life coach, conscious business strategist, ancestral healer, speaker, and creator of Spiritual B-School, a community-focused program designed to help soul seekers and visionary entrepreneurs do business better and in alignment with their soul's purpose. She's a certified psychosynthesis coach, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist. A bridge between humans and spirit, she supports those on their journey of discovering and living their unique path to freedom while healing what she believes is our greatest reoccurring trauma as humans surviving. So without further ado, here is Ash. Ash, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> I am excited to have you for for many reasons. It's a topic that I have never brought anyone on before to talk about what we're we're going to talk about or what I'm going to ask you, I should say. And you mentioned that you wanted to do something uh, and, you, and you said we could do it before we started recording. And I said, no, let's wait until we start recording to do this. And I'm going to just let you take it away because I've never had anyone do this before on a show. So what was it that you wanted to start us out with? Yeah. So I love to start all of my sessions and interviews as many as I can with an invocation, um, an, an intention setting, a prayer, if you will. So feel free to engage in this in whatever ways feel good for you. And if it doesn't, that's cool too, right? Okay. So wherever you are, just kind of just take a couple few breaths and thank you. Thank you to the beings that walk with every single one of us, the loving ancestors, the wise ancestors, every being and person who created our existence at this time in this place, including the lands, the earths, <laughs> the waters, the fires, the airs. Yeah and the waterways, all of them, all of the elemental beings, all of the star beings, the sun, the moon, those who protect and look over all of our lives. We just ask that this exchange has been blessed, that the words that are shared and the things that we exchange and explore are well met and any things that are not needed at this time just fall away into the ether. We ask for blessings on the crowns of our heads and we open our hearts and that everyone is met and that I'm a servant to those I am meant to connect to in this day. We ask for blessings and just gratitude to flow to any and all here today. Thank you. And so it is. Ashe. 
And so it is. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I want to take a nap after that or smoke a cigarette. I, I know, know, right? <laughs> a glass of wine. I mean, beautiful. I know. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it is. I am just delighted that that you have come into my orbit. And I was telling you before we started recording that I I sort of, I guess I did ask the universe that I, I wanted someone to come on to talk about ancestral healing. And it's something that I've been sort of seeing on the interwebs mm-hmm. and been really, really curious to do in my own life. And you kind of were plopped into my lap by, on social media. And I, I went and read everything on your site and was like, I, I need to have this woman on and have her talk. So I, I thank you and I'm grateful that you said yes. And I have, I have a lot of very curious questions. And it's funny, a lot of times I have guests on where our work sort of overlaps. And so I ask them questions that I already have either my own formed opinion or, or I am in total agreement with what they say and I, I kind of already knew. But for you, I mean, I am green on this topic and I'm, I'm just, I have so many questions. But the first thing I, I want to know is how did you come to do this work? Oh, that's great. Like, were you a little girl and were like, I'm going to grow up and be an ancestral healing coach? Is oh, that how it was? God. Gosh, I mean, it didn't sound like that, but honestly, yeah. So, you know, I'm always wondering when I when I do my interviews, like, wow, am I going to approach this in a different angle? But the truth is the truth. And so help us, you know, here it is. Um, I actually was a little girl. I was a little girl and I was documenting some of the um, reoccurring patterns in my family lineage, you know, in my family, like my family dynamics in my home. And I kept seeing my mother and my grandmother and my aunt and my dad and my stepdad and my brothers and myself. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like, I want to make sure when I become an adult, when I get grown as fuck and I do what I want, Mm -hmm. that I don't repeat these patterns. And I want to remember them vividly around um, sexual abuse, around physical abuse, about money management, around communication patterns. And I had a Lisa, so 80s baby here, you know, Mm -hmm. I had a Lisa Frank diary and that's where I wrote these things. And then later on, my stepdad gifted me his old laptop, which was like, some dinosaur where it had the, um, remember the, the laptops that had the mouse in the middle that had like the eraser on the top? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so what, I would- Was that eraser thing? Was it a it was supposed to be a, No, it was supposed Weird. to be a mouse. It was like a mouse. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I would write and document what was happening and to really reflect on and start to connect the dots around different dynamics that just kept happening. And so that was the beginning of me thinking of there's something deeper than just family therapy or like family learned behaviors because at the same time when I was writing and documenting, um, I grew up in a hoodoo conjure holy black church straight up. Like, Is that the real name for it or is that like a nickname? No, no, no. That's actually like the kind of church that was at a Pentecostal church. It was called Prayer Tower Fellowship Church in Gary, Indiana, like the armpit of Chicago, like outside of Chicago land. And really we were practicing traditional African spirituality and, and, but within the context of Christianity and there's a whole history and conversation in that alone. But during these times, especially around like between eight to 13, my mediumship and my gifts around spirits would really coming into 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 body in a way that no one could ignore you know the people in my church would prophesy and talk to me about these different phenomena that were happening and then I would go home and I would experience even more of it and so between 
learning how to speak to spirit and having different spirits and ancestors visit me as an actual gift of my own and then documenting my family behaviors, I started to see some things like, oh, whenever depression starts to happen in myself, it actually is the same time before my Grammy starts to have a depressant episode, um, who was manic depressant, I should say. She was manic depressant. And so um, over time, I would just be like, I'm here to do something different in this family. And I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm definitely here for healing. And I remember really realizing and like sinking into that at a really, really young age. Yeah. So that was the did your parents encourage this? Like, how did that go over? <laughs> yeah. So my parents, I mean, it's 50-50. There were times where they were like, Ash is gifted. There's, she sees uh-huh. things. She knows things. She moves differently. She's moves very quickly. She learns a lesson and she goes right on it. She's a high achiever, all of these things. But they also were really worried about me and like spirits and ancestors and things because um, I would just sleep and walk. I would sleep in my sleep in my talk. I would walk in my sleep uh-huh. and I would talk in my sleep a lot to different things. And so they would record these. And then they would, we would talk about it over breakfast or on my way to school. And it would be, again, omens of stuff to come, like things of warning my brother about something that was happening in school. And this is during the 90s. This is when Gary, Indiana was the murder capital of the, of the country. Oh my gosh. This is when gangs were everywhere. And like going to school, it was not weird for you to duck into some bushes because someone was running down the street shooting, you know, oh, or, you know, things like that. And so, mm-hmm. um, this and we lived a lot of different places. We lived in Gary, we lived on the south side, we lived in Schaumburg, Illinois, which is the northwest suburbs. Like we lived in all these different places. And so there would be just these little inclinations of what was to come that I would get a premonition about and I would tell my family when I woke up or they would record it. And then that was really it was ancestors telling and warning us to keep us safe. And I didn't know that then, but so they would be like, she has a gift and let's pay attention to it. But she's also a regular kid who needs to wash the dishes and fold the laundry right. and be in this patriarchal <laughs> household, like in this oppressive household. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Like I'm miserable and I'm gifted. Like this sucks. So I pushed it away in my, my late teens and I was very delinquent. And honestly, I pushed it away, but it came back in the moments that I needed it. Um, I was a runaway from 16 to about almost turning 18. And, uh, Different things, again, would happen with ancestors coming through in dream, telling me that the pastor that helped to cultivate my spiritual gifts and told me that this wasn't weird was getting ready to to transition and die. And he visited me to let me know that he was going to die the night that he was dying. And so I would call home and be like, hey, I had this weird dream. And they're like, yeah, he's dead. Are you going to come to the funeral or not? And I was like, no, you know, like no, I don't want to come to the funeral, but I'm okay. And thanks for mm-hmm. letting me know, you know? So different things would happen that really allowed me to have protection over my life, to realize the gifts that I carry, not just in the spiritual realm, but in my like communication is my jam. You know, I needed to go into yeah. corporate advertising. I need to do certain things to come full circle into the work that I do today. Yeah. And that's always been there to help me. What a journey. That's an incredible story. And I, I, you know, I'm thinking at the the perspective of your, your mother or your parents and, and I can see their, what you said, 50, 50, like excited that you have these gifts and, and also a little nervous. Like, what does this mean? Cause it's a little out of the ordinary. Mm. Mm. <laughs> 
And think about from a Christian context, though, you know, if they didn't, if we weren't in the church that we were in, they would have been like, this is a demon time for the exorcism, Mm -hmm. call the priest, call the, like call in the people. But because of the kind of church that we were in and the black community I was a part of, it was a little bit of like, hey, let's make sure this isn't a demon possession. Oh, okay. This is a gift. And there are spirits who speak with ash and like, cool. All right. So that's so fascinating because it could have gone many different directions depending on, you know, the community and your family, et cetera. And, and so, okay, let's, let's jump into ancestral healing. So what is ancestral healing and why is it important to do? Well, here's the thing. I think a lot of people have different definitions of ancestral healing, and I'm sure we've all seen the Instagram quote. That's like, if you heal yourself, you heal, you heal. (laughs) Mm-hmm. seven generations forwards and backwards, right? It's like right. a Native American um, uh, colloquialism, if you will, or even, yeah, philosophy. And the truth is, in my opinion, and there are many truths in the world, but to be bold here, the truth is that's not true, in my opinion. And here's the reason why. Reason being is we're all disconnected from our indigenous roots. And all of us, regardless of your race, has an indigenous root somewhere in this world. You know, white folks have indigenous roots into Europe and elsewhere, and so do Africans and Asians and so on and so forth. So um, because we're not connected to our roots and our practices to honor the dead and to honor the death and the rebirth and the living cycles of this world, we're all kind of floating around with... Um, unmetabolized cultural trauma, personal trauma, family trauma, that's just compounded. And as a result, we're reliving the same lives over and over and over again and taking these like inches forward. So back in the day when we were in our tribes, wherever they were, um, wherever we're from, we we're able to say, if I heal myself, because we're doing these regular rituals, we're honoring and living within community in a very intact way, a fully universal, you know, connected way. And we haven't had that in a long time because of immigration, because of slavery, because of all these reasons why we've moved to different lands and we've created the cultures that we live in. And so um, when people ask me about ancestral healing, a lot of times the context is, I've gone to therapy and I'm changing how I think, or I've realized um, I've inherited this behavior from my mother or that my grandmother was also an alcoholic or like looking at psychologically what's going on or from a mental perspective, from a psyche, or even I know you mentioned in a recent episode of like the body keeps the score, you know, of, Mm -hmm. of the body holding the trauma and the information from the past, which is great. So it's somatically, it's psychologically, it's from science. Give me the DNA. Let me know about my hereditary makeup and what I need to watch out for. Like, that's cool. We have it anecdotally around um, what are the artifacts? What's the family tree? What's the song? What's the dance? What's the lands? Like those are the most um, accessible ways of ancestral healing, of understanding who we are, what I carry, what I belong to, and having a sense of pride. What I specialize in is ancestral healing relating to spirits. And science has proven that consciousness continues. And that's the reason why we've got all this further development with AIs and Black Mirror tells us everything that's coming <laughs> in the oh future. God, right? I love the show. <laughs> but like they're telling us everything that's coming as, wrong, as, as, as it relates to preserving our um, consciousness and being able to reinvent them into the body. And so when we think about what that means in the context of now and in the context of all of history, it means that we do have ancestors, spirits who are still alive, even in their death. They, how many times have we said a prayer and been like, Hey, grandma, grandpa, you know, 
brother, mother, look over me, help me make this work out in my best favor. We're talking to the dead people. And so what I started to see is reoccurring patterns based on the influence of ancestral trauma living within me and my mind, my body, but also them themselves around us. And that shifts the entire, or rather it expands what we're already working with, if that makes sense. I believe that the spiritual aspect of the actual dead working with the spirits is the missing component of ancestral healing that is not new, but is being reclaimed. Okay. I am so fascinated. (laughs) Yes. Okay. What is, and I I saw this on your website and I was, I was fascinated. What is a psychosynthesis coach? That's a great question. And it's actually related, but unrelated. So psychosynthesis is a practice by a Robert um, Asajoli, who was a a psychologist and psychiatrist, I believe also, um, who specialized in understanding that there is the spirit and the soul of a person, but we also develop different aspects of our personality and that we have many, many, many different personalities that doesn't have to be you know, labeled as having multiple personality syndrome, but it's literally, we've created different parts of ourselves too deal with this world, to live in this world, to survive in this world. And so psychosynthesis allows us to realize who we are and to have these different aspects of ourselves, not to control our soul and our destiny, the true spirit or the true essence of us. And what I've learned in being a psychosynthesis, a psychospiritual coach, is there's a line between who you are and the different personalities you've taken on to survive, to cope. Like there's a bossy Ash, okay? There's a researcher Ash. Researcher Ash comes out when she wants to let you know that she knows what the hell she's talking about, right? Uh-huh. She takes over and she's like, I can tell you X, Y, Z, okay? Yeah. And it's going to connect <laughs> the dots and you're going to see what I'm talking about. And I'm like, okay, what are you really doing, girl? And she's like, I'm protecting you. You know, she's yeah. smart to protect mm-hmm. me. And there's a line between knowing the different sub-personalities is what he calls them that we carry and when it's an actual ancestor or an actual entity attachment or when it's an actual personality that's been passed on to help you in your surviving through your lineage. And when we have that, then we need to go back to the original ancestor who birthed or created that personality or that survival tactic in order to heal and elevate that energy so that they can rest and say that you're safe, we're good, we can stop this reoccurring pattern that's preventing you or sabotaging your life. And what we're seeing, especially in 2020 with the, everyone says the uprising, but we've been uprising for a long ass time. Like, (laughs) so we say the uprising, it's like, everyone's doing the anti-racism training. Everyone is doing like, you know, Black Lives Matter. It's all hands on deck, um, unconscious bias training and like all of these things, which is wonderful. But we're doing it from the I, from the individual, that what I do will change everyone who created me, whether they were a slave owner or whether they were enslaved or whether they were whatever, we all have played a role. Our ancestors have all played a role into what has gotten us to where we are today. Um, With the patriarchy, with oppressed um, femininity and so on and so forth, how we parent every single, how we do money, how we do business, like all of that Mm -hmm. is based on survival and through people who we learned it from and who established these constructs previously. And so when we sit down and look at We are efforting in our own life for centuries of other folks. That's a lot of work. And we wonder why we go from conference to conference and seminar to seminar. And then we turn around and we're like, oh shit, I just, I just was being racist or, oh shit, I just was being abusive to my child or, oh shit, I realized that I'm again treating this man or this woman or my partner 
or again, I've been, um, you know, biased towards a transgender person. Where does that come from? Where I've done the training, I've read the books, I've gone to the seminars, I've worked with the coaches, I've been to all of the, I always use this as a reference, but I won't say it on your show. (laughs) (laughs) A very famous coaches seminar for 10,000 grand an hour, you know, Uh like I've done all these things and yet, and, and countless hours in therapy and I'm still seeing reoccurring patterns. That's because we need ancestral healing. We're literally trying to change the dead. And guess what? None of us are wanting to, to are okay with being forced to do something out of our will, including dead people. We all have to opt into shifting the energy on a deep, deep, deep molecular and energetic and spiritual perspective in order to see the physical behavior change. And we're approaching this from the top down. And I love getting into the roots which is the spirits, and then adding in all of the um, new thinking and the education and the behavior change models and all of that. So that's why I do a spirit and ritual work coupled with psycho-spiritual coaching to bring it around circle for you (laughs) and the listeners. (laughs) I am like, if you could see me right now, it's like, I'm like, I feel like, you know, like the big eyes, just like taking everything in. It's, It's so fascinating to me. And, and, you know, I do think that, that the universe works in mysterious ways and sometimes very plain (laughs) and clear. But for the last couple of years, really when the whole, the whole trend started where people were doing their DNA to find out their ancestry, I got really fascinated with, and I, and I did that and, and it was interesting or whatever, but I got really fascinated with the mitochondrial DNA. Mm. Have you heard of that one? How Mm -hmm. it, how it, um, tracks your maternal line, your mother's 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 all the way back to Africa to quote unquote Eve. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's not that expensive. It's like, you know, as much as it costs to get the regular DNA test. I I haven't done it because there's a part of me and I think maybe you'll understand. I'm, and it's not like it's going to show me all these pictures of these women and like, tell me all their stories of struggle and and everything. It's it's just a bunch of lines on a map that are different colors, Uh but there's something about that, about handing my DNA over and having it tracked. And it, it, it's, I get emotional even just thinking about it, about, you know, my mother's 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 mother and, and all the way back. And, yeah. and there's also this element of, you know, indirectly related to that. I think about the work that I do now. Mm-hmm. And I am I'm proud of the work that I do. And I feel like I was born not not similar to you, but but the parallel is that I feel like I was born to tell the truth. And I came from parents who did not. Yeah. We're not born to do the same thing. So it, it's a little bit of the black sheep. Totally. Where, oh, I'm with like, you. Why don't we just talk about it? Totally. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like the elephant in the room. The elephant y'all. is in the room and it's huge and it's heavy. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder like, would my, would my grandparents, would my grandmothers be proud of me about the work? And I like to think that they would, but sometimes I'm not so sure. Like yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they're like yeah. on the other side judging me. And do you know what I mean? Like, do you ever get any of that? Oh, Oh, I know it. Like, I mean, I sit and talk to, I talk to dead people with living folks, right? Like that's literally what I do. And I help heal them. Right. And let them let go of things and 
see the pride and the joy and come together and support. So as much as I talk about the healing and like the trauma and the unmetabolized grief and all of these things, there's so many blessings. Like you're like, oh shit, I always wanted to do weaving and I didn't realize it's this deep ancestral thing that I need to put my hands on the goddamn yarn. You know, like that's a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. to know that you belong in that way. And there's so many other gifts that come through when you connect to your people. And it's true. You know, sometimes you connect and (laughs) there's some ancestors who are like, listen here, I'm not about this. I'm dead. Like, fuck off, you know? (laughs) And you're like, okay, I'm not dealing with you. Can I get with someone who can elevate and lift the energy and the family around this thing and give me the blessings that are my freaking birthright? Like, we're so focused on surviving and alleviating suffering and pain that we forget all the juiciness of our human experience. And that's the bridging of the gap. Like that is what brings us together. That's true unity consciousness to know that we belong in indifference and how an ancestor was when they were alive, whatever they did is not necessarily how they are on the other side. Some of them are the product of the, of the time of trying, all of us are product of our time and our environment of surviving. And so when they see us doing the things that we're doing and speaking up in ways that, especially for women, I see it all the time with my women clients. It's like, I'm scared to be visible. I'm scared to speak up. Well, how many thousands of years did we have to be quiet? Mm -hmm. Were we silenced? Right. Let's heal that up. So you can go out here and burn these bridges down and raise these panties mm-hmm. and fly. You know, I'm just joking, but I'm serious. <laughs> like these, these ancestors have moments of being like, thank you. Like you're doing something that I couldn't do in my time that I also right. had in me. Let me support you in doing that. That's when we actually do have the lineage healing forwards and backwards. When you've got them backing you and you're, you're getting to the root cause of these things and you're seeing your true impact because it's, you're right. We've all decided to come into our lineages, all four main bloodlines, whether you're adopted, estranged, whatever. Um, we have four main bloodlines of belonging and there is a role in which and the reason why you came into those bloodlines to do something. We all have a purpose. So yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> we all have a purpose and, and the bloodlines and we're all here to, to, to heal something. I'm interrupting this conversation to bring you a few words from one of our sponsors. If you're anything like me, you get overwhelmed when it comes to picking shampoo, conditioner, and hair products. Maybe you've been using the same thing since seventh grade, even though your hair texture has changed over the years. Function of Beauty is hair care that is formulated specifically for you. No matter your hair type, they create shampoo, conditioner, and treatments to fit your unique needs. Here's how it works. First, you take a quick quiz and tell them a little bit about your hair. Curly, straight, fine, coarse, you tell them as well as what you're looking for. For me, it was hydration, color protection, deep conditioning, and anti-frizz. Next, Function of Beauty's team blends a custom formula to order, delivers it right to your door in a cute customized bottle with your favorite color and fragrance. They even print your name on it. I picked the pear fragrance, which is heavenly, but honestly, my favorite part is that I get to pick exactly what I need the products for, for my hair. Plus, their formulas are vegan and cruelty-free, which I know is important to a lot of you. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash kickass for 20% off and let them know you heard about it from our show. Your hair will thank you. That's functionofbeauty.com slash kickass. And I personally thank you for supporting our advertisers who bring you this show. And now back to the conversation. When I did my my ancestry and you know that you can go on certain websites and it shows you the chart and on mm-hmm. my my paternal side there is a particular grandfather, uh, and I think it's only my great 
my great grandfather. And that's the end. Like there is no information before that. And I have a cousin who's, you know, we all have that one cousin who's like deep in the family history, who's got, you know, yeah. looks up all the birth that's records me. and everything. And, <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. Okay, so mine is my cousin Lou. And, <laughs> um, and he told me that the, what he understands is that that particular great grandfather was such an asshole, I'll just say it, mm-hmm. who was abusive and alcoholic that when he died, yeah. the other members of the family burned all of his stuff and it just was like they wanted to pretend that he never existed. He was yeah. that terrible of a human being. Oh. And I feel for my great grandmother who was married to him. And I, I just am so brokenhearted for her and also mm-hmm. sad for just that family lineage. I mean, that's, yeah. that was my maiden last name and it just, it broke yeah. my heart. But I, I wonder how many of those people we all have in our ancestry. Mm. Yeah, I feel tears listening to that because here's what I love about this work. It really does bring us at the overlap, the intersection of courage and compassion. That's what I talk about because it takes courage to look at these things and it takes a lot of compassion to understand our people and to not be remembered and to be wiped off of the face of the earth and any type of like artifacts of your existence is pretty rough, you know, whether you deserved it or not. Right. And, and they obviously did, otherwise they wouldn't have done it. You know, it takes a lot for everyone your family to be like, and we're done, you know? And, um, so, and so your, for your grandmother to endure whatever, you know, or the, the wife to endure whatever she did during that time is also lots of compassion and heart and also praise for her resilience, you know, to be in that kind of relationship and still create offspring of people moving forward and living and continuing the bloodline, like awesome. Right. So what would happen if you were to go into that line and he was, asked to atone for his behaviors and see what state that he's actually in on the other side. And if he wants to right the wrong and join his family and not be ostracized, because think about this, our, again, sometimes we don't step into our calling and into our power because we're afraid of being, um, one, causing harm or two, being ostracized because of our power. Like thinking of how our behaviors now are because of a wound of someone so long ago who was terrible, but now that the good part of that, like the strong part of that characteristics has been tainted. And maybe now you're the person claiming it, right? Or how has that affected Mm -hmm. the other men in that lineage? Right. Right. So exactly. um, mm-hmm. that's actually my, my favorite. Included. Yeah, totally. That's my favorite part of the work is like, hey, we had somebody who did some mess up stuff. Let's get this together because we can't keep carrying that energy forward. <laughs> oh, that's so fascinating. I bet you see and hear the most interesting stories. I hope you write a book someday. Um, so about <laughs> that, I am. I'm working on a book right now. It's called Path to Freedom. It's called Path to Freedom. And it's, um, yeah, it's essentially the things that we need to walk in order to create our freedom, including healing ancestors and, yeah, claiming our, our birthrights and our abilities to be exactly who we're supposed to be in this world at this time. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I can't wait. Please Thank keep you. me posted and, and let me know how I can support you when that, that is ready to go out in the world. I love that you have a, a guide on your website and it's called a, Ch- a choosing healers guide. Oh yeah. And what, I'm curious what prompted you to put that together? That's a great question. I put that together. Oh my God. I feel like it was like ages ago. Um, it was because I felt one that it, everyone's searching for a healer or a helper or a coach or someone. And I truly, truly believe, and I know this is so cliche, but I do believe that we are our own healers. 
Mm-hmm. And we're just crossing paths with different people to help stir some things up or to validate what we already know. And I just wanted people to have a little bit of a guide to, to ask themselves some questions about what they need before they choose to reach out to anyone, whether it's me or someone else. Like, Just think about what's required in order to do so and how to protect yourself and um, to not give away your power. You know, that was really the big motivation around that. I was just like, I want people to realize that we're not, at least for me, I'm not here to create followers, even though we have followers, right? Like I Mm -hmm. want to inspire people to be in their full body and in their full spirit and to be backed by their people and to go off and do their greatness in the world. That's the reason why I don't, you know, and this is so anti-coach, what goes into like, my conscious business models. And that is a, you know, I don't work with, I don't think of the value of a client for number of years, X, Y, Z. like, that's not it. Like we cross paths, we do our thing. You get your blessing, you get empowered, you go off and like, there's billions of people on this earth. We don't need to hoard our clients and take away where, cause essentially what happens is what I see over and over again is that people become followers and they're looking to you more than trusting themselves. Exactly. And that's what I want. I want just, I'm like a true motherer in the sense that I want to teach you to throw your own rod out and fish for yourself. And then as soon as you think you got it and you're like, I don't doubt myself then I'm gone. Cause you can, you yeah. do have it. You got it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, don't suck on my teeth. Like, no, no. <laughs> and you know what? I am, I don't have children and I already have some sag tits. So like I'm, I've already been eyeballing who's going to be my plastic surgeon. I'm going to boob lift y'all. Here you've heard it here. Oh, <laughs> things that come out of my mouth. I I love that you said that though because I I like to tell people you know if you want to work especially if you want to work with me privately I am not your hero I am your guide I need you to trust yourself enough that you can do the work to come to your own yeah. conclusions and it's not it's not only about getting the results that you want in your life like yes that's part of it but I need people to be ready to do their own work because I think yeah. some people think that and and a lot of times I feel like this is really unconscious they they think that the proximity to someone like me who has done the work and who has written the books is going to get them somewhere mm. and it's it's not like I wish it were that easy. Like mm. I really do. Cause I feel like I'd be a lot further in my life right? yeah. <laughs> if I yeah. could just, if I could get healing just from proximity to people, but no, it, it doesn't have, have to get, to, and, and if you're not there yet, that's okay. You're just not ready. Like it took me a minute <sighs> to get to a place where I was able to heal from like my bigger traumatic things. Like I'm still going through it in 2020, but I, I, I love that you did point to that and that you have that resource on your site. We'll, we'll link to that in the show notes as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, um, it's interesting because I was thinking <laughs> the other day, how many times I had to hear the same thing in order for me to like finally get it. And then how many more times that I had to hear it in order to take action. And then how many more times that I need to hear it in order to believe it and live it where it wasn't even about taking action and checking a box. It was just ingrained in my energetic body and in my whole entire being. Like these are multiple. And I don't, I, I believe that healing is forever. Like I learn a lesson and then it just keeps showing itself in other ways. And I just become more crafty or more masterful in riding that wave and trusting myself. Like people ask me all the time, how do I move through my life and achieve these things and become and all these things. And I'm like, cause I just keep surrendering. I keep being like, shit's always working out. I lean into the hard times. I rest when I need to. I'm unapologetic and I'm also very loving. And I got a whole backing of ancestors protecting and guiding me. Like But it comes to me because here's another piece. I'll toss this in, even though we've moved on from ancestors is we don't want to give our power away to them the way that we've given to the education system 
or seeking external validation from our boss or our job or our partner or whoever. It's like, that's not the point of working with ancestors. You have another out. It's for you to have another tool for you to trust yourself. You get another, a a place of, of affirming and confirming who you are. So you stand in your truth, really Mm -hmm. grounded in your truth. So yeah, I, uh, it cracks me up because we're all saying the same stuff and it doesn't matter how many people you work with. Eventually you're going to open up and say yes and trust yourself into embodying it. So go through that. I do like that you made that distinction though about, uh, and it just, it's, it's true though. Like, you know, people, especially people who come to me and they're, whether they're a coach or not, but they want to write a self-help book and they're like, well, I don't have an original idea. You know, everything's already been said before. So I can't, I'm like, everything has already been said before. Like, I'm not saying anything new when I write books. Mm -hmm. You all, you all probably know this. It's just your voice and your methodology. You might have a different methodology. So it, it really, I, I, there is always room for more healers. And my, my hope is that they have done the work and continue to do the work on themselves. You know, we could get into that, but anyway, I I I actually (laughs) don't want to be done with, with ancestry. I want to ask you also (laughs) about, can you tell us like, what are some small steps a, a woman can do towards her own ancestral healing? I know you talk a lot about ritual. Yeah, I love a good ritual. Mm. Mm, shit. <laughs> I just, had a lot of resistance to that for a while. And I think I just really? was nervous. About, Why? I think I was just nervous about doing it wrong. And I, I also think I had resistance to anything that was because I'm I'm very much like in my masculine. That's my natural inherent personality. And so anything that resembled uh, you know, like surrendering to femininity. And to me, ritual is more of the feminine kind of thing. And it, I, I had a, I had a mentor once, Lisa Fabrica, she's been on my show uh, before. And she yeah. said, Andrea, I think you're afraid of your own power. Yeah. And she said that, and I, I felt like she slapped me in the face and just, you know, gave me a big hug and, kiss reality right. yeah, yeah. and it's true. So I, I think that for a long time, there was a part of me that was afraid of what I could actually create. Mm. If I surrendered and leaned into things like ritual and more of um, just receiving. So it's mm. mm. a long answer of saying, mm. I'm scared. I love it. <laughs> I, I love that. Way. I actually love ritual now. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I really feel you. I feel you as you're speaking deeply. Um, here's what I love about ritual. I actually believe it's both the masculine and the feminine at the same damn time. Mm-hmm. because you've got the structure and steps, whether they've been given to you or you're intuitively following them, but there's steps in ritual. Like you're going to gather your materials. You're going to do like the whole act is a motion to conjure up or to pull up the energy that you want for the outcome, right? So there are steps and there's materials and it's very structured usually in some way, shape or form, whatever your definition of structure is. But then you've got the surrender and the pause and the wait until it manifests. And that's all of the feminine. Like they literally go hand in hand. Yeah. I and so that's that. the reason why I love ritual so much. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, let's see, what are some things that women could do right now as it relates to ritual and, and family? There's a ritual of writing, whether you have a glass of water next to you and you light a white candle and then you write to your ancestors what your desires for healing 
not just in yourself, but in the lineage and then also in the world, like in yourself, in your family, and then culturally, what are your blessings and your love that you would love? Yeah. But the love that you would want to share in the world and see what your people, if you free write it out over a full moon or a new moon, if you want to plant the seed of your desires and your prayers, um, sit down and do that and see what happens. You know, it's not, uh, I talk a lot about moving from the cultural into the personal and from the personal to the cultural, which a lot of coaches were like, the coaching, coaching motto is if you change and eventually that trickles into the bigger. And I'm like, we ain't got time for that. We got to do both. We got to do from the individual to the, to the culture, the culture down to the people. Like, well, let's move, let's move the elevator up and down the building. And so when you sit down and you really open your heart of what you need and what you desire on all three of those levels and, and. It's the hard work, like the energy, to your point, we're all saying the same thing, but the energy and the certainty of your intention, of your prayer, of your heart desire, that's what activates a ritual. It's not really the things that you buy. It's not even really the candle, even though the fire brings in the spirits and the energy, right? It's the light that brings in the spirits, but it's your energy, it's your heart. That's how if you're really going to get into sorcery and spirit work, your your will, your ashe, if you're of African descent, we talk about ashe, if you're from the Yoruba tradition from West Africa, um, your ashe, if it's very strong, you can will things to be in existence, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need all, you don't have to shake a rattle. You don't have to do the bell. You don't have to go into the fields underneath the, with the coyotes and the moon. You can just sit there and be like, this is what I deeply want. And I know it to be true. So work with me universe to make it happen. But I do offer that a lot, just a free, write, Open your heart, light the candle, put a glass of water there and talk about what you need and desire on all three levels. If you really want to move mountains around you. Um, yeah. I could listen to you talk all day long. <laughs> I, I just am just drawn to this work. Well, I want to I want to cut you off and ask you one more thing before yeah. we close it up. And could you talk about like, one of the methods that you use is energy channeling and clearing? So, can you tell people who might not know what that is? Like, what wh- what does that actually look like? Great question because I I don't do it as much anymore because uh, I let the ancestors do it. <laughs> You delegated. Yes. I'm just like, listen here. I'm a facilitator and a witness. I take notes a lot of time and just make sure that we're ritually safe with connecting to ancestors, that you don't have any uh, other ghosts or other entities coming into the space while you're working. It's important to have uh, spiritual hygiene and containers when you're working with ancestors and such. But um, I don't do as much channeling and clearing simply because it takes a lot of time. And I like the ancestors doing the work, because here's the truth. When you get done working with me and you're connected with your ancestors and they've done the energy healing and the clearing, um, you keep working with them. You got your people. You don't need me and you don't need anybody else unless something really crazy happens, but you got this yourself with your people. And so previous to that, I would go through and work through the chakra system to clear the energy um, through kinesiology or through channeling energy like Reiki. And I also had a teacher who taught me um, quantum me- I want to say mechanics, but that's not true. It's really quantum energy manipulation, which is helpful. She was a high high priestess in a couple different traditions. But at the end of the day, what I found to be most sustainable for me and my clients is just connecting with your own power and your own ancestors. Like it's your birthright. So mm-hmm. yeah, unless we need it, you know, sometimes sometimes we can be really, you know, thrown off energetically from sessions and we might need to submerge in some water and um, rest and put our feet in the earth. And then I, I'll channel some energy for folks. But other than that, 
we we're pretty well resourced. You you and your people. I got love it. How you say it? You're like, yeah, I'll channel some energy. Like like I'm gonna go get a kombucha from the refrigerator. Like it's really no big deal. <laughs> Something I do every afternoon. I mean, it is though, right? It, it actually. I know is. it is for it's you. Funny. I love that Thanks. makes me laugh because I love it. Thanks for that. Different <laughs> from what I'm used to. I okay. I have, I have one more quick question for you. And so yeah. all my all my Christian listeners, cover your ears. I want to know how you feel about witchcraft. Oh my God. Yeah. I love that stuff. <laughs> okay. So first off, if you're not watching it, Lovecraft Country on HBO. Oh my what? God. HBO oh, I don't Max. get HBO and people oh my God. Me that I need to just upgrade my Hulu and get it. Just quit playing and get it. Like you're missing. All right. So what this is it called again? I need to write it. Lovecraft down. Country. It is it's okay. just on episode four at the time of us being together right now. And it is uh, a series of books that's now been made into a series on HBO that has witchcraft and magic and hoodoo. And we're talking about cultural context and race, like all of the sorcery, racism, like all the, it's great. Oh, I I think I saw an ad for this. Oh my God, it's delicious. Okay, yeah, I think I did. Yes, it's great. Like everyone should be watching it. I am all about witchcraft. I think that here's the truth. Witchcraft is in the Bible. As an ex-Christian myself, I grew up in a Christian home. My mother is still Christian. She visits my home. She sees I have altars. She called me the other day and was like, Ash, me and your aunt, who also is Christian, <laughs> were watching the show on HBO and it made me think of you. Oh my God, are you watching? And I was oh like, this God. is great. My Christian mom just called me telling me about magic and hoodoo and uh, yeah. uh, witchcraft. Well, my Christian so, mom, who was who was formerly Catholic, gave me her tarot deck. And so there that we go. was the day I was like, okay, there it's we on. Go. <laughs> so this is the controversial piece, I'll say. The spirituality is witchcraft. If you are in tune with any spirits, whether it's Jesus um, well, whoever the deities are, so I won't get too tr- controversial, but here's the truth. All of this, all of spirit is witchcraft. You are asking for the energies that be to work in your, your favor. You just might serve a different master than I do, right? So um, when we start to unpack, it's the reason why I love religious studies and I love mm-hmm. spirituality and I love science. And when those three things come together, like we just need a whole nother episode. <laughs> Same. I really, I haven't listened to it in a long time, but I love Rob Bell's podcast. Oh. He has some really interesting guests on who yes. are, who have studied divinity. And, and I, yes. I took a religious studies um, uh, class in college and it was right during, so it was when Bush was in office mm. and it was, I think it was at like the onset of the war. So this was a, this was a while ago, mm. like the early 2000s-ish. And, you know, people had their their beliefs. And mm-hmm. and so did I at the time. But honestly, that class really opened up. Like we learned about religions in the Middle East. And I was like, oh, so Christianity mm. isn't the only thing. Exactly. Yeah. Believe. And it's yeah. it's embarrassing to say that. But you know, I grew up an American and and um it just it was so incredibly helpful to be able to see that the world is just so diverse with different yeah. beliefs. And at the end of the day, I agree with what you're saying. Like it's, it's all pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Here's what I'll say. Christianity did a really, really good job. I mean, they really, they really did this one. Well, I guess all of the religion, I'm not going to beat up on Christianity. It's because I, I grew up Christian. So I feel like I can speak to it much more, <laughs> but um, you know, it, it embedded this fear that if we depart from the ways, then we'll be lost forever. And it's not true. Yep. You can mm-hmm. always come back. You can explore and, and sometimes when you explore, you actually deepen in whatever you were you were meant or that you were raised in or that you actually currently practice. 
So um, I love, I love spiritual practice. I do believe in witchcraft. I believe in honoring the spirits that be, the deities that be in all of their different forms, the ancestors, the guides, the overseers, the stars, the water spirits, like yes to them all. We all have an energy and that's coming back to the original and very first religion of all time. And we are all a member of this religion. And no, it's not the human spirit. <laughs> or the human race. I was race. waiting for that. I'm right? like, I was just going to say. No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's animism. It's animism of knowing that everything has an energy and spirit and needs to be honored. When you take all of the religions, there's a beautiful map somewhere on the internet. I'll have to pull it up and, and send it to you to link. Um, it shows that all the religions come back to animism. I've never heard that word before. That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, I want to wrap it up, but is there anything else that, that you want to say before we say goodbye that you feel like you need to, to, to give voice to? No, I just, you know, I thank these listeners. I thank y'all for being here, for allowing me to share my message and my reason for being here to my own ancestors and to yours as well for this opportunity to be in community in the ways that we are. And so the airwaves that carry um, the messages throughout the lands and the earth, like blessings and thank you. This is awesome. Thank you for, for being here and sharing your gifts. And, and I always like to give my listeners like a wide variety, like the biggest buffet that they could possibly have of all different mode modalities of healing and personal development and being their best selves. And thank you listeners for being here. I'm so grateful for your time. And until next time, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. 